Welcome to Jerry Talks, a blog and podcast challenging the conventional views on aging. Join us and together let's redefine aging. Now, here are your hosts, the founder of Jerry Talk, Dr. Duran, and the brain behind the mic, Adrian Rodriguez. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Jerry Talks. Uh, again, another very special episode with my co-host, Adrian. How are you? Hey, guys, doing great. Thanks, doctor. And uh, I'm super excited, super excited. We have a very special guest. This guy's a wealth of knowledge. I learned so much from Tim. It's, I'm just very excited you were able to line this one up. Good job, doctor. Very well. Well, no, thank you to Tim. You know, we have, uh, today, we have Tim uh, Washburn. She, he's a clean, uh, clinical chief officer of Electronic Caregiver, a company that we have worked uh, with them uh, for the last uh, year. And um, we have made good relation and we have done well for patients. Uh, Tim, thank you for joining us. How are you? Very well. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Tim. Tim, you know, we, we, have, um, we have been working together pretty much for the last year, um, trying to make, um, you know, patients uh, provide better care, especially uh, better care at home. Um, we basically, my practice and yours has been working on remote patient monitoring. However, you know, besides uh, remote patient monitor, your company, Electronic Caregiver, has been way in the business, way before we, we ever met. And you guys have done way much uh, other, much better things regarding uh, keeping patients at home. Um, tell us, Tim, tell us a little bit more about the company. Tell us a little bit more about your role at Electronic Caregiver. Sure. So uh, I've been a registered nurse for almost 30 years. Uh, as, as you mentioned, Dr. Duran, I'm the chief clinical officer. So basically, my job is to take the technology that is part of Electronic Caregiver, which is a health technology company based in Las Cruces, New Mexico, take that technology and really work with clinical folks, clinical agencies on the compliance side of things, on the insurance re reimbursed side of things, take that technology through that vein and really help providers understand how our technology can support, as you mentioned, folks staying safely in home. So we have a few different products. Uh, the one you're using, of course, is our ProHealth. Uh, that device is a cellular-based uh, home-installed system that allows vital signs to be taken. You can send reminders, you can set thresholds, but all of that so you can take vital signs in the home and get that to the provider in terms of what they are, but also to proactively notify the provider if something's out of bounds based on the care, the care plan the doctor has set up. So we've been, we've been using that since last uh, February. And Dr. Duran, we've been working for a year and I, I know you just met with one of my account reps. So I'm sure we'll have some feedback and we'll work together. Um, we have another product called Premier. It doesn't do the vital sign piece, but it does uh, the home safety piece. And all of our systems are predicated on home safety, health being part of that, but not the only part of that. So all of our systems include a personal emergency response. Turns out you can have CHF and you could die from CHF. Turns out you could also have CHF and have the neighbor's dog jump the fence uh, and, and attack you. So even though we do the health side with RPM, our products really are focused on globally safety in the home, health being just part of it. Been doing that since 2009. It's when the Premier device came out, all born out of the vision of our CEO, Tony Dorman, who worked in personal security and decided that there was a need to really focus on safety and then moving toward health safety over time. He sort of 
was a visionary. He saw that coming before most. So since 2009, we've been really just broadening our, our focus uh, uh, from the Premier to the Pro Health. And we have a few new apps coming out as well as really exciting um, app-based product called Addison Care, which will basically take our Pro Health functionality, vitals, reminders, all those things, but add a, a, a real sense camera, some depth perception and the ability to interact in real time with a virtual caregiver does all of the same things, but to be able to add things like gait balance study to see changes over time, be able to watch you take your meds, really understand if there's changes in your swallowing. Uh, obviously, there's pretty much unlimited stuff we can do, but we're going to start with those things. It's really just that progression of more complex devices. Overall, we're changing to what we call a platform as a service company. So whatever the platform, whether it's Protector Initiative, which is a basic web app, all the way through um, Addison Pass, Premier, Pro Health, and soon Addison, the virtual caregiver. Uh, all of these are different front ends, but the foundational elements on the back, what we do with that data, how we apply a logic, how we can then tailor that to meet the needs of a provider or an employer or a college or whatever. I mean, we, we really tailor that piece of it based on the consumer needs. So, there's, there's, more, there's more we can do than we have time to go over it all today. But that's the basic gist of it. It's sure, about safety, sure. safety and security. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think, you know, ECG has been done, uh, you know, has been a pioneer in this uh, technology and obviously keeping uh, people safe at home uh, from the beginning. And uh, I, we, me and Adrian had the opportunity to get a little piece of uh, what Addison is going to be. And uh, believe me, it is amazing. You know, we look forward to having those products um, you know, only available for patients. Adrian, you know, you and me, we saw it during the business of trying to keep patients at home too. Um, what are your thoughts about, um, you know, this new technology? How can you think that it's uh, gonna be used by, your, by our patients? Um, how, how do you see, um, um, you know, this technology applied uh, to your customers? So I, I have experience dealing with electronic caregiver on the home health side and the private duty home care side. And in all honestly, I think the technology, the innovative people, electronic caregiver, can extremely, extremely be beneficial to to our industries, to both industries. Um, I'm of the I'm of the mindset: as more technology, the better we are able to take care of our of our clients and our patients. And um, even starting with something as as easy as the Premier system, uh, you know, being able to do that telehealth. Uh, it's, it's an amazing feature. I mean, right now, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We can't oftentimes just make the visits, the amount of visits that we usually were able to. Now, with this type of technology, we can utilize it to keep good quality of care, maintain contact with our patients, but still keep our nurses and our, and our clinicians safe, uh, you know, respecting social distancing. I agree. I think, you know, one of the things uh, that I'll let you go through, Tim, a little bit more, but was um, this COVID pandemic, you know, uh, we were in a situation, my practice, that we closed the office for two months and we wanted to see how do we approach these patients? How can we contact them? How can we monitor? And to be honest, that was a great opportunity for us to really kind of see again, the, um, you know, the remote patient monitor and see how we can, you know, uh, monitor better these patients. And during that time, you know, we really saw, and the patients really see the quality and then, the, um, you know, how good the product was and uh, how good, you know, we were able to 
to monitor, you know, not only to prevent uh, uh, rehospitalization, but also to prevent uh, some, uh, visits to the ER. Tim, um, you guys uh, had some uh, good experience over there in COVID. I even saw that um, you guys promoted uh, thermometers to your employees. Tell me what kind of what kind of things that you guys did in COVID uh, pandemic these last few months. Yeah, well, and we're still doing it. So, so the the ethos of improving health safety in the home is not new. You know, as I mentioned, we kind of have this back end. This we treat all the data the same once we get it in. What we did is we've created actually three new products. Uh, wall pass, uh, which is really tailored toward professional sports teams or any sports teams, combines pre-screening for symptomology, the ability to self-report temperature or pair a Bluetooth device like ours to the app, and then to actually gather some data around training status. So we have a, we have a, um, a European football league, for example, uh, that we built this for and we put it out there for three months and they use the data they gathered on their um, athletes to really control how they came in, their access, monitored their well-being. So that's WallPass. Then we have the Protector Initiative, a similar idea, but less focused on contact tracing or geofencing, which WallPass can do, and more focused on just that pre-screening symptomology, that very simple program that's very affordable and scalable. For example, Adrian, if you have, you know, 25 home care workers, a lot of your patients may be a little bit nervous uh, about letting them in the house because, you know, the, the COVID Soon it'll be influenza and there'll be an X. I mean, infectious disease isn't going anywhere. It's here. This was just that rude wake up call that slapped everybody awake on a, on a certain level, right? But we could deploy protector initiative with your staff for about $25 a month and they could take that survey every day. And you as an employer, as a supervisor, would know they have a potential issue before they even leave the house. Correct. Would be, you would be able to track that data and you would have that for liability and other reasons to help you plan we can add um, telehealth to that. You know, as you mentioned, we do have a telehealth service. Mm -hmm. so doing a program right now with NMSU where we do that, they, uh, they have access to pocket MDR telehealth service. And so if there is an issue, they can immediately connect to a doctor all without leaving their home. And then, then they can sort of problem solve that. And generally, either it doesn't look like it's real and those doctors will tell them you're okay. In my case, I had the flu. So they gave me Tamiflu. You know, I went and got my prescription that they called in. I got my flu taken care of. I, I, I missed one day of work. But we can tailor that in many ways. But the concept of pre-screening at home, connecting to a doctor. And there's obviously the choice of if you need to see your in-person doctor, well, that, that doctor can go ahead and, and let you know that. You may have an issue. Don't go to work. Go see your doctor. Go to urgent care. The idea is that before we send somebody to, uh, to work, where we check their temperature at point of entry, which is either a never or late sign uh, for COVID. Uh, we're actually checking before they leave and that's how we do that pre-screening. And then we can connect in many different ways. Could be to a healthcare team, could be to an employer, employee supervisor, could be any number of ways you want. And then the third product is really cool. It's called Addison Pass. Basically, we take the concept of pre-screening. We allow there to be customizable incubation periods so maybe you have to take the survey for three days or five days. And what you get if you have no symptoms is after that amount of time, you get a pass. That's why it's called Addison Pass. A scannable code on your phone that would allow you to go to an Aggies football game. The, the idea of screen at home, make sure you're okay for a certain time, 
And then when you're talking about opening venues, having a way like TSA pre-screening to do that quickly. Mm -hmm. So actually also managing the business logistics. That same model could be used, that same model could be used for nursing homes. Mm -hmm. well, you could have visitors allowed to go in a nursing home if they had seven days of no symptoms. Right now, for the most part, we've just isolated folks. No, I, I know why we did it, I get it. But at the same time, is there a way to sort of get that pendulum back more safely? And at the same time, actually understand scientifically what the symptomology is. Sure. We all know that rash ended up showing up lately as a sign, but when it first came out, nobody thought rash was a sign. Well, there you go, over time things change. The cool thing about our protector initiative and Addison Pass and Walt Pass are we can update those symptomology questions in real time across the entire user base. So as science changes, we can actually update those pre-screening surveys so that we can address in real time looking for symptoms without a new platform, without new software, without having to reissue equipment, and we can just update the actual program. So that's what we've been doing lately. Um, and we're going to be going to Germany here November 5th. And we're going to be having a meeting with the world's largest healthcare organization, whose name I can't mention specifically, but y'all hear about it when we will be meeting with health ministers and others to talk about Addison, the virtual caregiver, as well as Addison Pass and how we can help them uh, reopen countries. And that really is the power of our tools. Whatever the need, we can tailor the technology to that particular customer, that particular need, that particular circumstance and that particular sustainable business model. All one platform with a different front end or different platform as a service. It's really cool. It is really cool. The uh, Addison Pass, is that something that's, that's active now? Is that a product that's available now or will it be here in the near future? It'll be here in two weeks or less. We're looking for beta sites. That, that's and Adrian, awesome. we're looking for beta sites. Okay, all right, I, we can arrange this. It's really cool. If, if we get a chance to meet, I, I'd love you to come in or I'd come and show you. It's definitely it really is it is like it's like TSA pre-screening for infectious disease. Right. Use right. it at your barber. You can do a swipe and go model. You can use it at the Aggies football stadium. You can use it at UTEP. You could use it anywhere. Mm -hmm. They're going to have people at schools anywhere. They're going to be coming in, and you can really manage it before they leave the home. And that's the goal, right? Sure. Let's not have them get on the bus sitting next to Dr. Duran, right. the way to work, not knowing if they're sick. I mean, and I know Dr. Duran, you'd be driving the bus, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's a problem that weighs heavy on my heart, actually, Tim, is um, uh, the assisted livings, and Dr., you're aware of this too, you know, the assisted livings that can't allow visitors right now. We yeah. have uh, memory lockdown units that, uh, you know, the dementia and Alzheimer's patients are really frantically wondering where their family's at, you know? So um, I know a lot of that's controlled by the governor who's allowing certain uh, requirements of how they're gonna let people come in and out and uh, eventually allow visitors. So if that's a product that's coming out soon, um, I know you guys are an extremely proactive organization. Have you thought about reaching out to the state government and try to get them and let them know the product exists and maybe mandate it? Uh, so we have reached out. Uh, I have a contact with the Department of Health locally. We've been reaching out. Uh, Protector Initiative has been around a little longer. Mm -hmm. um, Addison Pass is, is, is a little newer. Um, you know, it's patent pending. All of these things are patent pending, right? I mean, you know, because it's the new world we live in. 
Um, any help you can give me to reach out? I mean, I look at it like this. It is 100% true that we must be very careful. Certainly. It is also 100% true that we cannot live in the Stone Age forever. And at the end of the day, there is a balance to be struck. One of the things that most concerns me is when we talk about this from a lockdown or not, we miss some real opportunity across several domains. We miss the opportunity to improve science, to really improve our understanding of the symptomology of this disease. We have studies happening right now on COVID. They are uh, by and large being done on large populations of uh, white Americans. Like we're not really looking, and it's because of scale and economy. That's not a shot at anybody, but it's the truth. We don't have real world science around what happens in a nursing home because it's expensive to do studies there. This would be a really affordable way to absolutely manage safely, to encourage honesty. Because remember, infectious disease is here. The next one's coming. Norovirus on cruise ships was around for years before COVID. And that certainly made a lot more people sick, though it didn't kill as many. Lots of pain and suffering. The idea is culturally, what we have to recognize is we do have to take personal ownership for doing those things that help keep our community safe. Your safety is important to me. If I get on the elevator next to you, I should wear a mask. I should wash my hands, right? But we've got to be able to scale this in a way that doesn't destroy our culture, doesn't make behavioral health issues so much worse. We've seen an increase in suicide rate. I mean, we're already seeing these impacts. You know, there's an old saying in business, right? You can't shrink your way to a bigger business. Can't. We can't shrink our culture to the point where it disappears out of a fear of a disease that in the end, the cure could be worse for many. But we have to balance that. So what are we going to do that allows us to manage safety reasonably, build on science, and carefully open some of these doors to get on the path toward a near, nearer normal? We got to do something. And that, that's why we created these three programs. But Addison Pass is, uh, you know, it's, it's my brainchild. Uh, I've been working with the team after I came up with it. It's really, really cool. About a couple of dollars a month per user. We're just not talking a lot of money. And if you want to pair our thermometer to it or our pulse ox, we'll, we'll sell that to you. But you don't have to. If you want thermometer, self-report, answer the questions on the symptoms, then let's deal with it. And, you know, Dr. Duran, if you had a group of patients who you were doing that on, not because of Medicare RPM, that's a different program. But those getting Medicare, wouldn't it be nice if you had a sense of what's going on? and it was affordable to them. And you could be told when there's a potential issue before they go to urgent care in the emergency room. I mean, ultimately it's the same ethos as RPM, isn't it? It's just a different sort of tool on the front end. Yeah, uh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's amazing how much uh, ECG uh, took uh, COVID more for, for more, most of the people, it was a catastrophe. You guys took, took it as an opportunity. And that, that's amazing. That's amazing what you have to have, what you guys have done. Um, you know, here for us, you know, when it comes to remote patient monitoring, we had uh, some good experiences, obviously some good, uh, some good stories here, you know, regarding, you know, being able to really kind of catch things uh, uh, before, you know, before they get uh, to, a, to a different level. Um, you know, tell us a little bit more, Tim, you know, I guess, you know, when it comes to uh, remote patient monitoring, 
you know, tell us a little bit more of it. What are chronic medical problems are you guys focused the most? And based on, you know, on some of the devices, some of the equipment that you guys can, uh, can offer, what are the things that we can, you know, we can help this, uh, you know, patient the most? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, when I first started here in this job, been here about 16 months, when I first started, I was brought on specifically because of uh, clinical and remote patient monitoring. And I've learned a lot in the last 16 months, uh, which one does uh, quickly over time. You know, our devices, remote patient monitoring concept is if you have a chronic illness, it allows you, the physician, nurse practitioner, PA, um, to sort of have that dream you've always had. What if I could have a sense of what's going on with the patient and I didn't have to make all my decisions based on the 10 minutes that they're in front of me in the office or 15 minutes or whatever it is. And Dr. Duran, you're very caring. I know you spend more time than most, but a lot of doctors, reality is you only have so much time. So remote patient monitoring, that, teletech, that telemedicine, telehealth piece, goal of that is in their home in real time. And we use things like blood pressure monitoring, blood glucose monitoring, pulse oximetry, thermometer, weight, all of those things. We have a peak flow, spot, uh, peak flow spirometer as well. Uh, but we take those things and our goal is to see that data, get those readings, let the provider know if it's out of bounds, let them know if they don't take the readings, all of that is aimed at really connecting the provider in real time with actionable data to that patient. Uh, we certainly don't want Dr. Duran or any provider looking at 10,000 normal blood pressures. You're probably not interested in that. But those 500 that are abnormal in a month, you probably want to know about it because that's the kind of thing that lets you get them in to be seen quicker, lets you change meds quicker, gets you reaching out to them quicker. And all of it is exactly as you said, our goal is to safely support the patient at home. In terms of which works best, you know, that's a fascinating question. I've seen all kinds. Um, it should be technology that's aimed at what that patient will use and is most effective. So one of the things we don't do is we don't predicate on things like the right package for your patient, Dr. Duran, is. What we say is, Dr. Duran, you order the package, the system set up, monitoring the vitals you want to monitor on Tim Washburn based on his needs. Our goal is not to in any way replace or in any way diminish the relationship between the provider and the patient. We hear all the time technology has actually made it harder for a patient to connect to their doctor. Because a lot of times the doctors in front of their EMR having to log in and that's a whole different topic. I don't like EMRs and I'm not alone, but we'll talk about that at another time. But the idea is, can we get you actionable data so that when you see them, you already know that or you have that handy. And then you can spend your time with the patient on the things that matter, the changes, the outliers, things that are bothering them. So remote patient monitoring is really taking technology, which when it's not used is just an expensive doorstop, and turning that, that into the thing that we promised providers forever, but honestly, in many cases, didn't deliver. Something that created something useful for them in caring for the patient actually built that connection. So that, that's our focus with RPM. And, and we have seen that in terms of configuration, what works best. We have absolutely seen the, uh, we've seen with diabetic patients, those that are on RPM, having their blood sugar monitored, their H1AC goes down, their glucose levels are better, statistically better uh, than those that don't. Why is that? Well, you know, if you engage a patient and you give them a system that's easy to use, 
and you can get them to see the value in the technology. Turns out, if you give them that level of opportunity, in many cases, they want it. Now, if you give them hard to use technology, or if you try to shame them into taking care of themselves and they don't see the value, and they're just thinking it's just another reason for me to go in and see the doctor versus this is just part of what we do together, it doesn't work. And so our technology is predicated on that engagement piece. Easy to use for all parties, easy for the doctor to use, easy for the patient to use, covered by Medicare if we're talking RPM, and it works. You know, I, I, think, I, I think something that is, uh, you know, great for us, you know, it just, you know, me as a provider, especially as a geriatrician, you know, we only dream about the situation that in one screen, I'm going to have the patient. In the other screen, I'm going to have your blood pressure, your glucose, your weights, and, you know, interacting with the patient at the same time. And by the way, I do see that your blood pressure is going a little bit high. Your sugars yesterday was a little bit low. You know, that kind of interaction you know, with uh, able to do with the telemedicine to their remote patient monitoring it is something that we were just dreaming, you know, before. And now it's obviously a reality. The other thing that I enjoy the most too is that, you know, um, when patients were coming and they were asked to, you know, you, uh, by the way, bring your logbook about your blood pressure. And most of the patients, they don't follow well, they don't know well, <laughs> sometimes they don't bring them over. But now, you know, having access to that system, you know, I can easily access the numbers. Meanwhile, they're here in the office and said, oh, by the way, I see your numbers. Okay, we're going to need to adjust the medication, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we enjoy the most is, you know, we have, as you know, we have a nurse here, uh, you know, uh, just, just focus on remote patient monitoring. So she's monitoring the numbers on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she makes phone calls. She, uh, you know, passes me the messages, interact with patients, you know, um, you know, uh, reconciliate medications, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, and this is not, this is something that, you know, maybe a year ago, it seemed to be that it was kind of a dream. And now, yeah. you know, to be honest, you know, with the technology, with the opportunity that we had with COVID about uh, doing telehealth and uh, their telemedicine through remote uh, patient monitoring, you know, I think, you know, from, you know, technology by far, has helped us in this case, not the EHR maybe, but in this case, improve, uh, improve healthcare, no doubt, no doubt. What are your yeah, thoughts you know? and on this, you know, from the, from the obviously something that we, we have worked out a lot with the home health is, you know, the, how you know, now the nurses, you know, monitor for these chronic medical problems to avoid exacerbations. Now nurses, not only they can be their clinical judgment, but also they have the technology available. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, your company too, Adrian, has tried to work very, very strict on, you know, trying to, you know, you know, prevent um, uh, rehospitalizations. You're, you're very right. Rehospitalization is, is the, for any good agency, any good home health agency, that should be their number one goal. Prevent rehospitalizations, okay? That saves uh, the United States money. Not only that, but it saves the patients their time and, 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 and not being at their own home where healing actually happens. In, in my opinion, healing actually happens in the home. So um, being able to have access to that RPM, the remote patient monitoring in real time allows the nursing staff to, to monitor the patients on a regular basis and see those exacerbations before they become full-blown issues, right? Before it becomes problematic, so they have to call uh, uh, 911 or something like that. So it definitely is a, is a solid um, uh, piece of technology that can be used in 
reducing uh, uh, rehospitalizations, definitely. One, one question I had uh, for you, Tim, the uh, uh, electronic caregiver has always been, a, uh, in my opinion, a really uh, innovative group. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're cutting edge, but uh, we're dealing with the senior population, right? <laughs> um, nowadays, I feel, uh, I was just having a conversation earlier where we were talking about how seniors are actually becoming more uh, social media friendly. They're using Facebook they more, they're using their computers more. They have to, they can't see their grandkids as often as they used to, so they have to go online and see them. But um, that doesn't mean they're quite technically savvy. How does electronic caregiver answer that problem, you know, that, you know, that it, you just can't overcomplicate things for them? You know, I, there's a lot of companies in our space that have tried and failed. Right. Um, to, do, to answer that very question, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's, it's about engagement, right? Like, like if a client doesn't engage, meaning actually use, and we track engagement very carefully with our clients. We know, we, we watch it, we, can, we converse about it with our clients. Are people really using it? That's engagement, right? It's in their home, are they using it? So one of the things we focused on in the RPM space is ease of use. So, so the ProHealth, for example, a Dr. Duran orders that for a patient, we're gonna set that up just how he ordered it. All of the devices are paired, everything's been tested, literally tested, everything tested before it leaves. When it gets to that patient's home, their job is to plug it in and turn it on. Mm -hmm. But to your point, we, we are seeing some shift in that, right? So even though RPM and our technology is meant to be plug and play and very, very simple, Addison, the virtual caregiver when she comes out, she's gonna be a little more tech savvy. She's gonna have things like Amazon built right in. You'll be able to access your, I'm sorry, Alexa account right through Addison. You just say Alexa and Addison will get you what you want. That's gonna be a voice interactive system. So you'll be able to talk to her and get what you need. To your point, are there folks who will use a tablet-based system? There's certainly technology out there. You have a tablet, you pair the device that you get from Best Buy with that. If you have problems, you got to call Best Buy. Good luck. Mm -hmm. But there's all kinds of, to your point, issues around that. Ultimately, we think that for most of our population, when it comes to the elderly, it's going to be about pro-health. We did not go the route of a tablet you have to touch buttons on and go through screens as we evolved to Addison, which is that next level of technology. Mm -hmm. We stuck with voice interaction and great big buttons you push on the screen. You have glaucoma, you can't see the Apple Watch. Correct. But you know good to have access to an Apple Watch if you can't see it. So we address that by making it simple. At the same time, you just heard me talk about the three app-based you know, products we're coming out with. So our goal is to have a product in every segment of the market so that whoever you are as a client, as a patient, whether you're an elderly Medicare patient, whether a younger Medicaid patient, whether you're an employee, whether you own a home health company, you're just trying to make sure your staff will be allowed into that patient's home because you can show the patient a pass that says they've been symptom-free for X days. I mean, that kind of thing is really, really powerful. So we address it by A, acknowledging it, and then B, making sure our user interface, well, it's easy. Dr. Duran, you said it out loud. I like having a screen. I can just see graphs. 
bigger than that. There's, you want to see the weight? There's a graphical representation of every weight. It's mm -hmm. just, yeah. We do that across all of our systems. The, the Addison technology, the new, the, it's coming out. I, I'm like waiting for it. I'm on pins and needles waiting for this technology. Um, uh, one thing that I know that uh, electronic caregiver really is, is in the forefront with, uh, and that's by doing the visits to, the, to your facility, is gate monitoring, right? The yeah. fall risk assessments, okay? Um, I know Addison's gonna have that feature using the connect where it could actually watch the, the patient, you know, Addison could actually see the patient and see, okay, your gate's a little abnormal. That, that's in the pipeline. I don't know where you guys are with that. What, what do you have currently now in, in part of your, um, uh, your, 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 your products that has that? Because the, the falling and fear of falling is the number one fear in the home right now for, for senior aged adults. Uh, so what do you guys have right now that, that addresses that? So, so the Premier and the ProHealth both have the option to add a fall detector. And we have that and, and, and also uh, they have the personal emergency response. So at the end of the day, you know, I've been a nurse for so long, it's sad. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I worked in the hospitals, there was always, the, oh my God, you can't have a fall. But the reality was, uh, unless you truly tied people down, uh, some people were going to get up and fall. Like not all falls are avoidable. Right. And trying to prevent a fall through, through tying them down is obviously causes more injury than the fall. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's about A, minimizing the fall, but as important is if there is a fall, getting real as quick as you can, getting them help. Because if you fall and you're on the floor for six hours, statistically, you have a much harder recovery than if you fall and you can get help and somebody's there in 10 minutes. I mean, it's, it's just a difference. So, you know, we use, we use the, the motto of, yeah, we're going to get to good, better, best. You know, Addison will be best. And, and now she uses Intel RealSense camera. We've upgraded okay. the camera. Oh, wow. So we'll have, um, well, good, better, best, right? And, and instead of saying, okay, Tim Washburn, we're going to use a pro health now. And when he graduates from that and he needs more, we're going to put him in assisted living. Maybe the right answer is, you guys alluded to it, it's the right care at the right time in the right place is the home. Maybe we start that person who needs some safety measures with the premier because we're worried about fall. Maybe fall is the biggest thing. Or maybe they have light Alzheimer's dementia or some dementia and maybe just something to remind them. So premier is great at that. It's got geo positioning light, you know, you can watch where they are. But as they progress, maybe they go from there to, to a pro-health because maybe now they have some chronic illness. Maybe you want to have them be able to hit a button and get right a hold of Dr. Duran, right through the device. Literally in the pro-health, we could program it that it hits a button and calls Dr. Duran personally. Not that they probably want that, but we could do that, right? And then as things go, well, well maybe now we do need, there's, there's more of a gate issue. We sort of bring them up to the Addison virtual caregiver. But here's the concept. A lot of companies are selling a product. Very few companies sell a host of products that are intentionally designed to manage different level of needs, and the important part, with the same back end platform. So all the data I get, no matter what the front end is, it's all going to the same back end data lake. I can apply logic to it, and then I can do that proactive notification. At the end of the day, it's that proactive notification that there may be a problem 
that is most critical for Dr. DeGrayan to get, his care team to get, in as real time as possible. Because that's how you know to do something. And if we think about it right now, one of the biggest problems we have in healthcare is doctors are making decisions based on 30 minutes a month of interaction. What about the other 29 days, 23 hours, and 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. You don't know what you don't know. And patients often want to please their doctors. So they'll sometimes tell them what they want to hear, which may not be what they need to hear. So, so really, that, that's the idea of the systems. We're going to be doing all of that. There'll be a minimum viable product for Addison, the virtual caregiver. It'll have some gate functionality, but we have really, really big plans. It's going to do things that, uh, that you can't even imagine. I'll eventually be on your car. Eventually, she'll follow you from, from the home to your phone to your car if you have a car that's enabled. You can have Addison follow you into Lowe's and she can tell you about the air compressor you're looking at. I mean, that's not today. But really, if you think about it, healthcare isn't this thing that's all about I'm healthy or I'm not. Am I happy? Do I feel good about what I do? Do I have social security? Do I have physical security? Do I have economic security? So all of these things are interconnected. And I was on a, I was on a conference yesterday and they were talking about healthcare. And they were talking about, we need to move away from healthcare to well care. How do we keep people well? Because at the end of the day, we can't afford less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, as I was, as you were saying, Tim, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, obviously we're in this big concept about age at home. And, uh, you know, one of the things that people ask me, you know, me as a geriatric doctor is like, you know, is uh, what I can see that my patients are mainly concerned is about losing independency you know, obviously not being able to live at home. And, you know, sure. as I see us talking, you know, I see that the three of us, we're pretty much in the same business. You know, I'm yep. obviously from my side, I'm trying to keep patients healthy. I use uh, my clinical skills. I'll, I use technology, um, you know, to obviously keep those patients, uh, patients at home as much as I can. Um, um, I, I will get uh, Adrian, you know, I guess, how do you use your company as uh, for people to age at home, um, you know, you you, um, you obviously through the home health and you know, obviously have uh, some caregiving services, obviously something that is, you know, is, um, is getting uh, more, uh, um, uh, more common, you know, especially as patients get older, um, the use of uh, caregivers and home health. And obviously with the use of the technology, you know, obviously with all these things that you have been saying us, Tim, you know, we, we definitely, you know, we're in a, in a, in a future that is pretty bright for older adults for aging, you know, about uh, aging at home. Adrian, any, any words, uh, any last words, uh, you know, any other comments for Tim? Any other, yeah, any uh, other there? Being in both home health and home care, private duty home care and clinical home health, um, we work holistically. We, we, we take into account the entire patient's well-being, okay? Uh, not only are we addressing their their medical physical needs, but we're also addressing their home needs, their sanitary needs, hygiene needs, um, their nutrition needs. We're, we're addressing everything about the patient. Unfortunately, right now, Medicare, we're, we're working there. We're almost there. Getting to the point where they, they still don't pay for the private duty side, okay? Um, it's, it's a work in progress, trust me. We fight all the time in Washington to try to make this happen. But 
we can't be with the patient 24 hours. Sometimes it's just not affordable. Having that remote patient monitoring, having electronic caregiver type products in the home gives that option at an affordable rate. Okay, so where my caregivers, they're, 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 as much as I love electronic caregiver, they're never really going to replace a hands-on approach. Okay, but are they the best option for supplementing the times we can't be there? Heck yes, they are. And in doing so, you're, you're cost-effective and you are truly holistically looking at the entire uh, being of your loved one. And that's what I love about the products that Electronic Caregiver has in conjunction with home health, home care. And then at the, at the direction of the physician uh, saying, these are our goals, these are what we need to meet, let's get it team. I think the three of us working in conjunction is a phenomenal combination. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So when I first got here, I, of course, I, my focus was was RPM and technology. But in 16 months, one of the things that we do intentionally is partner with folks like you. So we're a little different. So we we are a health technology company, but we actually we we are a health technology company. So one of the things I do all the time, and I do this all across the country, uh, is really find partners, doctors, home care, home health labs and we, we can hook you up with COVID testing I and mean, we, we can do about anything you can imagine at this point. I've been very, very busy. One of the coolest things, it's a great example of that. We've, we've piloted this. It's going live in Arizona as we speak right now, where we've created what's called the virtual primary medical home model. So basically, we partner with a home care agency or home health. We partner with them. And then what we do is we work with a telehealth company that provides our technology, that the home care is helping that patient actually use the technology, help them interact with the doctor via the telehealth. And then the telehealth, the docs, they sort of have like an office, not too dissimilar probably Dr. Duran than you, where they have folks dedicated to making sure the patient gets to the, gets their meds, making sure they get to the specialist, making sure the family's kept in the loop. So we, we've literally taken primary medical home model, partnered with a telehealth company, leveraging remote patient monitoring for those who qualify. So at essentially no cost to a Medicare beneficiary, we are able to partner with folks like you and actually bring all of that primary care, except for those occasions when they need to go see a doctor in person, bring that all right into their home. And the cost to the patient is the same as it would be if they went to see the doctor, but the daughter doesn't have to leave work to get their mom to the appointment. They don't have to go straight to urgent care. Right? I mean, there's all these benefits that directly and indirectly you talked about. And Dr. Duran, if that's something you wanna you wanna do here in this town, I, I can I can hook you up with that. <laughs> you see, do you see Tim? Um, you know, I, when I was, um, you know, recently when I have been all this technology and the future of Addison, do you see yourself maybe electronic caregiver working with uh, an architect really pretty much to design a, a house that is going to be senior friendly and that obviously is going to combine this technology around the house? Yeah, we, we actually have several pokers in the fire uh, with working with architects. Totally agree with you. At the end of the day, you can make the world's safest house. So I may not fall or I may fall, but at the end of the day, if I can't connect in real time to the services I need, then all I have is just the house I may not fall in. 
I have not created an environment that empowers independence in a home that's actually safe and built for me. So, you know, the, the two-story home you loved when you were 20? Mm -hmm. I love that when you're 80. <laughs> I don't love it at 40. I, <laughs> I know, right? I'm 53. I, I, I don't have a two-story yeah. <laughs> But to your point, yes, Dr. Duran, we, we are aggressively, we do, we work with, with architects, you name it, we work with it. We would love to work more with it. There's, there's no shortage of need. I think there is a shortage of a shared vision. And in the conference I was at yesterday, they said, you know, everybody thinks there's no innovation. Well, that's not true. Think about it like this. There are islands of innovation in a sea of mediocrity. So how do we get those, how do we raise that seafloor up? Things like this, where we, we talk about it and with each other, we identify those partners and we start at the beginning, which to your point, Dr. Duran is, yeah, if my house is unsafe, it won't matter if I have a fall detector or not. I'm probably gonna get hurt. Maybe I need to start there too. You know, I think that, you know, there's eco-friendly, why not aging friendly? I, I think that's, that's the future. That's the future. Yep, I agree with you. I'd love to work with it on you. You yeah, know what I mean? That will be a lot oh, of man, fun. We'll go get them. Tim, well, you know, it has been great. You know, I'm glad that you share all this information, all these things uh, that, you know, your, your company is doing. I think it's very exciting. Um, you know, we're always very excited to work with an electronic caregiver. You guys are pioneers in this, and uh, congratulations to you, to the company. Adrian, anything else that you would like to share with us? Uh, that's it. That's all I got. This guy, I, I mean, we could all, three of us can keep talking forever, I know, but uh, yeah, we got to about the, the viewers. <laughs> as long as we got good information, they'll be happy, but yeah. Adrian, thank you very much, Tim. Thank you very much again okay. for, for being with us. Um, Thank you. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, Dave. You too. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Let's celebrate aging. I love it. Thanks for listening. You can find us on YouTube and online at jerrytalks.com. We always love hearing from you, so please feel free to send us an email or leave us a comment on social media. Check back weekly for new and exciting episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to our blog and podcast please check out letscelebrateaging.com, an exclusive clothing brand just for you. Until next time, and remember, let's celebrate aging.